Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Good morning, Syracuse. Welcome back to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com. I'm your host, Wes Chang. Thanks so much for joining us on this Wednesday, April 12, 2023. Let's get started on a thing that we've either come to love or hate, loathe or celebrate. That's name, image, and likeness, NIL. Syracuse still has not figured out how to utilize it, and that was on full display earlier in the week. Jesse Edwards couldn't close an NIL deal with Syracuse because of his student visa status, and he put his name into the transfer portal. And not so coincidentally, Adam Waitsman, Syracuse's super booster, said he's no longer doing NIL deals because the Syracuse administration, for all intents and purposes, has blocked it. Love it or hate it, NIL is here to stay, and if you're not on board, you're going to get left behind. And until Syracuse figures it out or finds a booster that the administration is comfortable with, Syracuse is unquestionably going to get left behind. College athletics is a professional sport now, and money rules all. So while we wait to see how all that plays out, let's shift to football. Syracuse picked up two commitments in the last week. The first comes from 2024 offensive lineman Noah Rosahack. He announced on Monday, committed to Syracuse over offers from Virginia Tech Temple in Massachusetts, among others. He's now the fourth commitment in the class, and Syracuse isn't done with the 2023 class either. West Florida graduate transfer Khalib Gilmore committed to Syracuse last week. The 6'4", 225-pound linebacker has two years of eligibility remaining, and he's definitely excited to be coming to Central New York. And we bring Khalib on now. Khalib, thanks for joining us. Thank you, sir. Yeah, so Khalib, congratulations on committing to Syracuse. How does it feel? Feels great. Um, Very excited. Can't wait to get up there this summer. I know when you entered the transfer portal, you had a lot of interest, including from USF and Temple. What made you pick Syracuse? Honestly, it was the uh, the official visit, um, getting to have that those uh, face-to-face conversations with Coach Babers, Coach Lig, and um, some of the guys on the team. I had um, Justin Barron as my host, and it was really just a um, really welcoming environment to meet my family and I, so that was what did it for me. I mentioned this earlier, but you're 6'4", 225 pounds, and you got size and athleticism to do well in the three three five defense that Syracuse runs. Is that what the coaching staff told you too? Yeah, they're um, they're basically saying that there's about four different positions that I could possibly fit into. Uh, I'm looking forward to learning the defense as soon as I can and being able to um, help the team anywhere that they need me. Khalib, you know when I talk to JUCO or Division Two or FCS guys moving up to play Power 5 football, 
they come in with that edge, that experience, that chip on their shoulder that drives them. Do you feel like coming from West Florida that gives you extra motivation? Absolutely. Um, I already know that guys are going to look at me as a D2 guy, and um, I, I definitely had that chip on my shoulder. I can't wait for fall camp. You know, the competition is something I love. Um, it was definitely a grind, and I'm I'm really looking forward to being at the next level. Um, I feel like those extra resources that I'll have at a, a, a great uh, program like Syracuse can really help me take my game to the next level and with that chip on my shoulder. Khalib, I've seen your tape. I know you're a physical, aggressive edge-slash-linebacker. For Syracuse fans who haven't seen you yet, can you describe the kind of defender that you are? Um, I'm aggressive. And I'm cerebral. I, I'm a student of the game. Um, I try. I, I pride myself in playing hard and um, being prepared as well. I watch a lot of film. Um, I watch a lot of teach tape. And uh, there's a lot of guys in the NFL. I try to emulate my game after. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it's football. So um, when you line up, especially playing linebacker, playing edge down there in those trenches, it, it gets real. So. Um, you just, I'm, I'm a real high effort guy. So what's the number one thing you've taken away from West Florida that you're going to be able to apply to your Syracuse career? Honestly, I feel like the, um, the program, the, the values are, are very similar. Um, really like away from football, um, you know, being, being the best man that you can possibly be father, um, family man, um, obviously not a father yet. But um, stuff like that, I feel like that translates from the last program I was in. It was a really good culture in my last program coming into this program. And then also the uh, defense is very similar. We ran a 3-4 there. They run a 3-3-5. So I feel like I'll be able to uh, pick up a lot of the, the schemes quickly. Khalib, we'll get you out of here on this one. Introduce yourself to Syracuse fans. What are we going to see from you for the next two years? They're going to get a dog. Um, they're going to get a leader, a guy who's going to be on all four special teams, a guy that's going to be, um, you know, a team player, put the team first, and um, hopefully a guy that can help us get some wins. Khalid, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate you joining us today. See you a little later this year. Thanks again. Of course. Thank you, Wes. Khalid Moore, ladies and gentlemen. In 2022, Khalid finished with 17 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, three quarterback hurries, a sack and a forced fumble in just six games. It's a great get for the Orange. Certainly looking forward to seeing him in the fall. We'll take a quick break. I'll be joined by the Juice Online's Brad Bierman after. I'm Wes Chang. This is the Juice on the Cues podcast. We're all looking to make more sustainable choices, but making your own shoes out of natural materials could pose a few challenges. The twigs and leaves in your backyard aren't exactly comfortable. And while mud does perfectly contour the feet, it doesn't score high on the durability front. But thanks to Allbirds, you can skip all the backyard experimentation. At the Allbirds Innovation Lab, they're doing all the sciencey stuff, like research and testing to create shoes from natural, sustainable materials. And their innovative processes mean using less of the bad stuff and more of the good, while making shoes unlike any other. Like the Plant Pacer, made with 100% plastic-free plant leather. The Tree Dasher, a running shoe made from eucalyptus tree fiber. And from Sugarcane, they've made the Super Light, their lightest shoe ever by weight and carbon footprint. It's not rocket science, it's shoe science. Allbirds is making shoes better than natural. They're supernatural. 
Find your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. So Syracuse lacrosse has been up and down the season, and the number one thing they were missing this year was a win over a ranked team. They finally got that over the weekend, topping number 14 Princeton, 16-13 on the road. That vaulted SU back into the polls at 18th in the coaches' poll, 17th in the media poll. Our Brad Beerman was there covering the game. He joins us now. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. So, Brad, great win for Syracuse over Princeton. They got the monkey off their back, beating a ranked team the first time this year. What did you see in that game from Press Row? I saw a great performance by the Syracuse uh, lacrosse team in the game Saturday at Princeton West. Probably best game of the season, certainly against a ranked opponent, as the other victories have come against not a stellar competition. And what I really uh, noticed standing out is, the progression of this team as the season has gone along. Now, you may say, well, what happened in the fourth quarter in the previous game against Notre Dame? Well, that was a lot to do with Notre Dame uh, as much as it was that what Syracuse didn't do. But I I think this young team is really progressing, and they're right on cue here now for the final – now three games left, and this being the fourth one in the victory over Princeton, where this young team is starting to emerge – on both ends of the field. They're getting standout play in goal. The defense is tightening up a little bit, and there's plenty of different options to score on the offensive side. So a lot of progress, and just a great great individual effort by Joey Spolina with nine points, ranking as some of the most productive for a freshman in Syracuse lacrosse history. Uh, Great play by uh, Jack Fine. Uh, handling the face-offs, which has been a really sore point for Syracuse much of the season. And then at the other end of the field, just another great game for Will Mark in goal. And really what a plus and addition he's been for the Syracuse program, getting stellar play in the net all season. Brad, Syracuse has three games left in the regular season. There's still actually time to make a push for the postseason. What are you looking for for the rest of this year? Number one is continued improvement against top quality competition, and that's what Syracuse is going to see on the schedule. Starting with a little bit of a break, in my opinion, facing North Carolina at a neutral site in only Maryland, I think that helps a little bit because there's going to be a great Syracuse turnout there as well, uh, along with North Carolina fans making the trip or those that live in the uh, D.C. metro area. And I really want to talk about Syracuse lacrosse fans. Let me just segue for a second, Wes. They're fantastic. They they always travel well, or they certainly show up at areas that Syracuse is playing, whether that's New York City, Long Island, the Baltimore area, or down in the Carolinas. Great support, and I expect that to happen uh, as well in the game against North Carolina and only Maryland. Then it gets tough with a road game at Virginia. Syracuse has always had problems in Charlottesville, and then ending up against the number, current number one team in the country at Duke uh, in Durham. So the opportunities are there to spring upsets. Uh, it's going to be tough. These are real quality teams uh, in ACC play. But I expect to see Syracuse keep on doing what they've been doing. That's improvement. That's in having a lot of different people contribute offensively. And that's the defense getting tougher down the stretch. And If Syracuse doesn't make the NCAA tournament for a second consecutive year, well, so be it as part of the rebuilding plan for Gary Gate and his staff. And I think with more recruits coming in, going into the transfer portal in the offseason, 
that Syracuse would be primed to get back in the NCAA tournament in 2024. Brad, we're running out of show. You have a closing thought for us? I'm going to keep it with Syracuse lacrosse, Wes, and I've thought about this following the Notre Dame game. I think the university missed a big opportunity this year to honor the 1983 national championship team, the first national champions in Syracuse lacrosse great history, and it would have been the 40th anniversary. And I thought about that because, of course, the basketball team celebrated the 20th anniversary of the 2003 national championship. And I think there could have been a place with the the home games this year to, to do that. Of course, they honored Mike Powell with retiring his number 22 in the Johns Hopkins game. And there was a lot of ceremony, as there is each year when Syracuse plays Hobart for the uh, Krause-Simmons Trophy. But I think either the Hobart game or one of the others earlier in the year would have been a great time to invite back the 1983 National Championship team uh, with Coach Simmons and Coach Desco to be on hand in the Dome. And I'm really sorry that the university missed that opportunity because the 1983 team set the tone for what's been the great tradition uh, of Syracuse lacrosse winning the national championship since that season. Brad, I wanted to turn my attention to the NBA. The regular season is over, and overall five players who played at Syracuse logged NBA minutes this season. I'm talking about Buddy Beheim, O'Shea Brissett, Michael Carter-Williams, Jeremy Grant, and Cole Swider. Of the group, only Swider actually made the playoffs, and that's with the Los Angeles Lakers, who finished seventh in the West and are currently in the midst of the play-in tournament. But I also wanted to give a shout-out to Michael Carter-Williams, who played his first NBA minutes after sitting out the entire 21-22 season with an injury, and he got on the court for four games with the Orlando Magic at the end of the year. That's pretty impressive for him to get all the way back. Certainly hope he's got a few more years left in him. That's it for us. I want to thank my guest, Syracuse linebacker Khalid Gilmore, the Juice Online editor-in-chief Brad Bierman, and this is Wes Chang reminding you that the bird, the bee, and the running child are all the same thing to a sliding glass door. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast presented by Rivals.com, and we'll see you next time. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 